Your number one Christian hit station presents Dog Watch. Former San Antonio police officer, author, and pastor, Tim Rupp, takes you through real-life scenarios and discusses excerpts from his books. You've never heard cop talk quite like this. Dog Watch starts now. Hi, and welcome to Dog Watch. I'm Tim Rupp in the Rev.FM studio in beautiful, wintry Idaho Falls. Here with station manager, manager Gary Austin. Hello, Gary. Hey, Tim Rupp. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Two days after Christmas. That's great. I know. How was it? it Christmas is always great here. Yeah. Mean, you know, I was I was kind of worried earlier that we weren't going to have a white Christmas. I know. But Bing came through. <laughs> we are no longer dreaming of a white Christmas. We are living a white Christmas. We need to rewrite that song. Uh, we do. Living yeah, a white really Christmas. Should. Yep, that'd be a good thing. That, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah. here we are. Uh, almost the new year. Uh huh. Crazy. Twenty twenty four. All these people around is getting older, Gary. What do you think about that? I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still thirty. I feel sorry for them. I do too. Yeah, we just yeah. keep on. Yeah. It's crazy. Anyways. When I was younger, I wondered, am I going to make it to 2024? Is the world going to make it to 2024? And yeah. here we are. Um, remember the the book, nineteen eighty four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But here we are. Hey, uh, and we're a dog watching, and let's let's do our uh, officer down memorial. Yeah, page, let's do honor. it. Uh, so I've got police officer William Baker from Philadelphia Police Department. End of watch, Gary. December twenty seventh, eighteen fifty one. Whoa. <clears throat> yeah, eighteen fifty one. That's hundred and ten years. Oh before my I was goodness. Born. Yeah. Wow. 1851. Officer William Baker was killed while assisting at a scene of a large fire as he stood at the intersection of 6th Street and Chestnut Street. You know, I'm not sure when they started having official fire departments. I was just going to ask that. You know, this this is, you would think in a big city like Philadelphia... In 1851, I mean, Philadelphia, we did the, the Liberty Bell, you mm-hmm, know, and so mm-hmm. that's been around before our country was. And uh, But still, officers, even today, officers respond to fires to help out crowd yeah. control, traffic control. Exactly. Anyways, Officer Baker was attempting to rescue several people. So he was going in. He wasn't just standing oh, right. standing in a crowd like we do today. Uh-huh. He, he went in like 9-11 remove, uh, and removed property from the building and, and when a portion of a collapsed, trapped trapping them inside. The remains of Officer Baker and a prominent citizen were recovered the following day. Officer ba- Baker was survived by his wife. He was buried at St. John the Evangelist Church Seminary in Philadelphia. So there you go. I'll 1851. Officer Baker killed in a fire. Huh. Hmm. What do you have, Gary? So this is uh, police officer Tyler Jacob Stewart. And end of watch, uh, 2014, um, on this date, December 27th. Um, so police officer Tyler Stewart, he was shot and killed while investigating a domestic violence incident at a, um, apartment complex. And so what happened was he made contact with the subject, met him at this apartment where he had been staying. And during the conversation, Officer Stewart asked the man if he could pat him down for weapons. You know all about that. Oh, pat yeah, down, yeah. pat down, right? Yeah, no, no, pat down. Yep. And the subject, uh, he suddenly pulled out a handgun from his pocket and immediately opened fire, striking Officer Stewart. He then continued to fire after Officer Stewart fell to the ground. Wow. Um, despite being wounded, 
uh, Officer Stewart was able to activate an emergency alert button, uh, but he did not answer uh, radio calls. So responding officers discovered him suffering from the gunshot wound, and he was tr- then transported to a local hospital where he, he later passed That's away. That's Flagstaff, Arizona, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, I, oh, yeah, I used that. I used that. That, that, was, that was actually on a body cam. Really? It was on a body cam. Huh. And uh, what happened, I can tell you, I can fill you in a little bit more details on that. What happened on that was, was, he, was follow, he was following up on a domestic dispute. So it wasn't like he responded and there was a fight going on. Mm. He, he had talked to the uh, female involved earlier. And he was just driving by and said, ah, the guy's supposed to be here, so I'm going to go knock on the door. And so he goes, knocks on the door, he talks to him. And he, and he comes out of the house, and this is the one of the training points. I'm not being critical of the officer. This is one of the training points. When the guy comes out of the house, there are some other issues, but when he comes out of the house, he, he, asked, he, he told the guy, he said this, he said, you don't have any weapons on you, do you? And when I review it with the officers, I say, what did, he, what did the officer say when he came in the house? And they all say, he asked him if he had any weapons. I said, no, he didn't. He told him he didn't have any weapons. A critical uh-huh. mistake. The officer said, you don't have any weapons, do you? Because the officer didn't want him to have any weapons and just to check off the tactical box. Hmm. And wow. then as, as he was interviewing him, you could, see, you could see some things. You need to uh, uh, see this video, Gary. You could see some things going on. And he asked him again. Do you, then he goes, do you have any weapons? He started to pat him down. Something set that officer off. He realized something's not right here. This was already a five or six minute conversation. Hmm. And the guy pulled out a, a 22 caliber single action revolver. Oh my goodness. Shot the officer, killed him. Ter- terrible, terrible situation. Uh, oh. But, but, but the officer, here again, Gary, the officer, he was just following up on a report. He right. wasn't going to arrest the guy. The guy wasn't going to jail. Mm-hmm. He was just going to get some information and go. Hmm. And, and the guy killed him. Oh and, uh, my goodness. Uh, anyways, terrible, terrible situation. 24 years old. Yeah, young officer. He'd only been on, I think, a year hmm. when that happened. Yeah, I'll bet that so, is a good training. training it is, video. you know, and, and when I use training things, I use training officers do good and bad things, and, and I'm, I'm not being critical of the officers. We, I've made mistakes. Right, we, no, for we've sure. We've all made, made mistakes. We yeah. learn from the, our mistakes. Just like when you're riding a bicycle. You're going to fall. You're going to you do something stupid, and you're going to fall down and get hurt. You get up, right. and you learn from that mistake. Right. You don't do it again. Yep. So, and you learn from others. Yeah. And you learn, and that's the best experience. (laughs) You can learn from somebody else, you know, (laughs) that means children learn from mom and dad. They've done some dumb things and learn from them. So you don't do it yourself. Yeah. So anyways, thank you. Thank you for that. You know, today, Gary, we're going to talk about something. Oh, by the way, and and if you missed our our podcast, if you missed us, if you missed our radio show live, you can catch a podcast on Amazon, Google, Apple, and Spotify podcasts. Of course, you can also catch archive shows at therev.fm. The That's right. FM. So Gary, Gary archives them for us. He puts them away in files. And so Gary, uh, uh, you know, a lot of my training I do, especially uh, recently, I do more and more training with, with chaplains, people who want to minister to police officers. Mm-hmm. And I get asked a lot, well, what's the difference between a chaplain and a police or and a policeman? A chaplain and a pastor or a clergy, you know, a priest or something like that. Well, you know, there's a lot of crossover, but there is significant amount of, of difference. And one of the things that I train chaplains on is how to deal with critical incident stress. Mm-hmm. You say, well, what is critical incident stress? It almost explains itself. It's stress 
brought on by a critical incident. Okay. And there could be many critical incidents, but let me let me give you here here's the definition of critical incident stress by Dr. Jeff Mitchell. And so this is one of the more official ones. Okay. Here we go. Jeff Mitchell. <laughs> Mitchell. He says here CIS or critical incident stress is any situation faced by an emergent by emergency service personnel that causes them to experience unusually strong emotional reactions which have the potential to interfere with their ability to function either at the scene or later. So critical incident stress, Gary, it, it causes you it is something so strong that it interrupts your ability to function, mm. either immediately or maybe sometime after absolutely so okay th- there are a number of things that can bring on critical incident stress and we often think wow with a police officer must be a police officer involved shooting or something well of course that's a critical incident but officer make calls every day mm-hmm. that that can bring on critical incident stress so we wanted to look at a a an incident out of spokane county washington and uh, I found this article about this 11-year-old girl, a tragic, tragic thing that happened to this 11-year-old girl. And so I'm going to read down th- through some of this, Gary. And Gary, what I want you to do, and what I want, what I want our audience to do, although it's, this is a sad and terrible story for those who died and the family members, I want you to keep in mind the police officers. Okay. How yeah, would you, absolutely. How would you minister to a police officer who made this call? Mm-hmm. Now, the, the officers were not in, in a, one of the reasons why I chose this story, because they were not in physical danger. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're just investigating something that happened. And it says this, uh, Spokane County Sheriff's Office said on, on Sunday, November 26th, so this was just uh, a month ago, deputies responded to a report of a female that had been lying in the middle of the road. According to police, witnesses say that Lily was contacted by an adult male sibling just before the sound of a gunshot or vehicle backfire was heard. Shortly after, Lily's adult sibling, identified as 31-year-old Jordan Lynn Brownlow, was reportedly found slumped over, unconscious in a green Ford Mustang a few blocks away from where Lily was shot. His mother, that is the... uh, the, uh, Mother of, of the uh, young man. Well, actually, it's the mother of, of both of them. Remember, and one thing I told you about this, Gary, is I did a little bit of research. This family had 12 children. Okay? Oh, wow. Okay. Four of the girls were adopted, but they, they, she had 12 ch- children. And 11-year-old Lily was, was found shot to death mm. in, in front of the home. And her 31-year-old uh, brother was, was found a couple blocks away. Mm-hmm. And the and the mother said this reported that he has been officially declared dead. Well, he's still on he's still on he's, he's still on uh, life support to to make organ donations. So both of them are are dead. The Spokane medical examiner confirmed Lily died by gunshot wound in the in the head. Detectives believe that Jordan, her, the brother, shot and killed Lily before turning the gun on himself. So you have the classic murder suicide. The thing is, usually the mur- a murder suicide, Gary, is usually a, a husband, a wife, or a boyfriend, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, generally speaking, it's the the male that will kill the female right. and then turn the gun on himself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's different. Sometimes we have, and if it's a family, it's usually dad kills mom and the children, mm-hmm. and then turns a, or mom kills children and turns the gun on herself. But this is a brother, so and we've had this before. 
Lily and Jordan's mother said that both of her kids of the of the 12 she shares with her husband had been struggling with mental health issues for a long time. She said both Lily and Jordan attempted suicide on multiple occasions. You know, Gary, that she's 11 years old. I know. She's been struggling for a long time. She hasn't lived a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this, is, this is a terrible situation. You know, obviously she was adopted into this family, so don't know where, you know, what she came from. Exactly. To be to yep. adopted into that. But hmm. the mother recalled her last conversation with Lily before the fatal shooting, which, which she said Lily told her that she wanted to be done with life. I couldn't imagine an eleven-year-old telling me that. That is horrible. Yeah, sometimes you can say, "Okay, a teenager." You can see a teenager saying that they get, they're very emotional, right. up and down. Yeah, but an eleven-year-old. The mother said she genuinely, genuinely believes that that Jordan awful violent actions that Jordan's awful violent actions that day were done to protect their family. The affidavit, this is the search warrant affidavit that they got a hold of, said that after the shooting, Jordan, Jordan sent a couple of text messages to the family members and his roommate that read, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Mm. And then uh, this second to last paragraph, I want to read that. On Thursday, November 30th, a vigil took place at Wilcox Park Medical Lake, Washington. Close to 100 people gathered in the cold weather to share stories about Lily. In the center of the crowd was a table with photos of her Many screenshots from social media apps and like uh, Snapchat were attached to the poster boards. Little friends wrote notes on the poster board. Mm. Now, I read through this, Gary, and it's hard to read through this and think about those in the background. The exactly. You, you just don't. The it's... police officers got a call for a, somebody laying, a, they got a call for a woman laying in the street. Mm-hmm. What's the first thing you think of as a police officer, woman laying straight? Somebody got drunk and passed out. Right. Somebody tripped. Somebody had a heart attack. Something mm-hmm. like that. Maybe somebody got hit by a car. They get there. It's eleven year old girl shot in the head. Mm-hmm. A couple blocks later, they discover her brother, who had shot himself mm-hmm. and was dying. He was still alive. EMS transported him, uh, but he ended up late, later on dying. And so officers are going through this and this is definitely what would be considered a critical incident mm. you know the, i mean officers officers across the country deal with this kind of stuff daily now every police officer doesn't deal with something like this daily mm. but it could happen back to back it right. definitely could happen monthly mm-hmm. you know something tragic like this where somebody dies mm-hmm. or, or something serious happened matter of fact i was just talking uh to you a few minutes ago about a friend of mine who's on the Bear County Sheriff's Office here. And I just happened to be talking to a pastor earlier today. And he said, hey, do you know Officer so-and-so? I said, yeah, I just talked to him yesterday. He said, you know what? He contacted me two weeks ago and he said that day he did CPR on a seven-year-old oh. girl and she didn't survive. Oh. And that's just something he just ha- happened to say that in passing. Officers go through critical incidents on a regular basis. So, what do we do? Well, here, here's a definition that I came up with critical of a, a, a crisis. So a critical incident is something that happens that comes, critical incident stress comes out of a crisis that happens. So what is a crisis? A crisis for a first responder can be defined as this, a critical, unexpected, and potentially life-altering incident. 
So that pretty much covers anything that a police officer could go to that, that, that could cause critical incident stress. Mm-hmm. Let me repeat that. A critical, so something critical is not something trivial. It's critical. It's unexpected. So, I mean, when, when my father uh, uh, was dying, and I knew it a year or two in advance. Mm-hmm. And so it was critical, but it wasn't unexpected. Right. So... It, and yep, it, so it, it wouldn't it wouldn't fit, mm-hmm. but it's critical. It's unexpected and potentially life altering incident. And I say potentially because some people <clears throat> can have a heart attack. That's critical. It's mm-hmm. unexpected, but they can recover right. pretty quickly and, and really be you know. And it won't alter their life as far as their lifestyle. A lot of you know put a stent in, and, and people live for years and years. Exactly. Afterwards. Yeah. So it's critical, unexpected, and potentially off. Uh, life altering, but that, that heart attack could be, you're there, you're, you're working, right. you don't know. So, yeah. so it could be. So, uh, and what is critical incident stress? It's the body's normal reaction to an abnormal situation. And I, and I like that. Mm-hmm. It, it's normal it because, you know, you think about it, somebody pulls out in front of you in your car and you slam on your brakes and you almost hit them. Yeah. And then some things happen after that. You know, your heart starts, you uh, know, so right. that heartbeat, that's a normal reaction to an abnormal situation. Mm-hmm. Because if that was a normal situation, your heart, cars were always parked out in front of you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty soon, you, if it stopped affecting you, you just stop. <laughs> you, uh-huh. you get good at this. <laughs> Anyways, that, that, that's what that's talking about. Symptoms can be physical, cognitive, emotional, behavioral, or spiritual. So it could run the, uh, uh, run the gamut here. Symptoms may occur immediately, days, weeks, or even months after the event. And that's when they become to get problems. Yeah. When you it know, comes back, returns. immediately after event, like these officers that that responded to Spokane, you know, do you think that night they may had trouble going to sleep? Oh yeah, you know, especially yeah. if, if they had an eleven year old daughter at home. Exactly, you know, or or if they had a thirty one year old son. Yeah, you know, uh, but what if it's weeks and months after? Mm-hmm. You know, something needs to be done. The exactly. chaplain should be able to recognize. The, the stress. So that's one of the things we teach chaplains to recognize this. And so sometimes people are going through things. It's like that may be critical in stress. Let me mm-hmm. let me deep into this a little bit digger, deep into it a little bit digger, a little bit deeper. <laughs> we Boy, know what you meant. We know what you meant. It's been all that meant. Christmas food, man. You know, it's on on top of maybe an officer um, having the same age of a uh, of a child. Um, at these critical incident situations, but, um, you know, it could be that maybe they're dealing with the same kind of thing that mm-hmm. with whatever happened, maybe some mental issues or maybe some, you know, and, and uh, officers are human. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's the thing that's, that's, this is a very, uh, very sad story. Um, but you know, we're, we're talking about the officers that, you know, I don't always think of, it's like, you know, that. They go there, and the importance of having a chaplain who um, – there are differences, and, and you talked about that, but um, the importance of the officer communicating too, you know, that, man, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. Yeah, <laughs> I'm having ex- a hard exactly. time. Exactly. That's hard. So the officers need to be – learn to be transparent with someone what it's safe to do. Yeah. And, and that is what's critical. Yeah. And uh, obviously, a safe place should be the officer's spouse. Right. So 
it, and that's so that's so tough because let's say let's just say the officer is a male mm-hmm. and the spouse is a female and he goes home after something like this and and a lot of it's on his mind and she just had a rough day with the kids mm-hmm. you know and and she burnt dinner by mistake or something because she would one of the kids threw up mm-hmm. and so and so she's had a rough day and he comes home and he's late because he made this call and she's upset because he forgot to pick he's, he, and then do you think he's going to share with her what went on right no now, he, he's got to take care of his wife he's got to take yeah. care of his family or you know things can just blow up and get out of control and uh, one of the statistics I'll just mention this here that I that I discovered lately is there is domestic violence in police officers' fam- families? Twenty-eight to forty percent of police officer families hmm. have domestic violence. Wow! And it's it's unreal. And they say, well, what does that compare to the average? Sixteen percent. Mm-hmm. So if you take the low number, twenty-eight percent, that's nearly double the average. Yeah. And, and so the, you can not make an excuses, but you can understand why things can get out of control. Right. Real quick, and so and so so critical. Yeah. What are some of the examples of critical incidents? Of course, officer involved shooting. I mentioned that earlier. Mm-hmm. Accident involving serious injury or death, especially the children. Yep. Being the victim of a, a felonious assault. How many times are officers assaulted? You know, and and everything works out okay. Yeah. Somebody tries to run them over the car and they miss. You mm-hmm. know, and nobody gets hurt, but the officer was almost ran over. Right. Death of a colleague or partner. Death or serious injury of someone in the officer's custody. You don't think about that. Oh, what you know, the prisoner died. Poor family. What about the officer? Yeah. You know, his handcuffs are on somebody that just, you know, died of uh, uh, overdose or something like that. Uh-huh. Near shoot incident. How many times have I been in a near shoot incident? I couldn't tell you, Gary. I really couldn't. Hmm. Incident involving multiple deaths or injuries in a short amount of time. And so, you know, when I worked, when I worked, uh, uh, homicide and worked murders, man, I deal with, you know, murders a lot, Yeah, you know, and you're always dealing with death over and over again. Oh, that is so, so sad. You know, and then I just mentioned, we're, we're, we're just about out of time, Gary. It looks like we are out of time, but I just want to mention some of the long-term ways, how to deal with it, proper exercise and rest that, and, uh, consult people who's experienced similar stress. Don't make important decisions when you're going through this. Avoid alcohol and drugs. Allow mm-hmm. yourself time to grieve. Eat healthy. Talk to a trusted friend, clergy, or chaplain. That's what you said, Gary, that you need to be able to talk to somebody. Yeah. And it needs to be a trusted friend, which could, I hope, includes your spouse, clergy, or chaplain. Participate in a, a critical incident. Uh, stress debriefing the professionals that help you out with that so mm-hmm. hey thanks so much man it, we're out of time this is i thought this was so important to go over and uh just remind officers hey get help seek yeah. out seek out your chaplain Absolutely. seek out clergy think out your pastor uh, uh your minister and thanks for listening in if you have a topic or or a question you want addressed on dog watch send me an email you can email suggestions questions comments or complaints to dogwatch at the rev.fm that's dogwatch at the rev.fm. Thought from the good book today? It is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Thank you for joining us. Remember, make the watch strong. 
Dog Watch is brought to you by the Strong Blue Line and your number one Christian hit station. Send your comments and questions to dogwatch at therev.fm. You can download the Dog Watch episodes from therev.fm as well as offer your financial support for this program. Be encouraged, be strengthened, be enabled in your faith with Dog Watch.